1: Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of Cyberpunk.
0: I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting.
1: And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives.
0: Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future.
1: We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl Genesis, here with Toasty to kick off 2023. We are now just 22 years away from the time of the Red. How does that make you feel? Um, honestly, I feel like
0: 22 is being generous at this point.
1: Okay, that is a very valid point. I don't think that it would actually take 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was pretty
0: generous pretty generous so I guess we'll see we'll see what happens
1: yeah I mean maybe
0: 2023 you know, but uh, the last few years have been pretty shit so who really knows
1: I agree with that uh, I mean how close are we to cybernetics though like actual body implanted cyberware I
0: feel like not as far see- as you might think
1: um, I mean, I've definitely seen people with, like, limbs reattached that are now, like, cyber arms and things like that, and that's cool, but, and I, it just worries me. But, if that's where we go, that's where we go. At least we will have lived a, a long enough in the world of cyberpunk through all the media that we might be able to survive.
0: Be fine. We'll be too old for that shit anyways at that point.
1: That's true. I'll be...
0: Actually, I'm not going to say my age. (laughs) Because that would just make you feel bad. I'm not going to do that.
1: We're 11 years apart. It's not that big of a difference.
0: Yeah, but if I say in in 22 years that I'll be 47, how does that make you feel?
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I mean, I'll be in my 50s. No.
0: Almost 60.
1: Almost 60. Yeah. Yeah. That's not too bad. That's like the age okay. of my mom right now. And my mom's the coolest person I know. So I'm Fair good. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Back to the lore of Cyberpunk. <clears throat> uh, we have nothing to report on the scream sheets this week, other than acknowledging that last month's Patreon chat was a wild and interesting ride for sure. Uh, I can't wait to see what we talk about at the end of this month. The views and opinions expressed in that episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the hosts.
0: I feel like my position was pretty clear during that. <laughs> I don't know. I felt I was pretty vocal. You How were... loud was I? How much did you have to cut me down? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, there were definitely some major spikes that I had to flatten.
0: Right, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Hopefully everyone's ears survived, and I apologize if I caused any medical problems.
1: You're not sorry.
0: But for the listeners, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sorry that I had to put someone in their place, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What about my ears during editing?
0: <laughs> You're right. still here. Obviously, it wasn't that bad. You came back.
1: <laughs> it's true. It did. I came back. All right. And I came back because I wanted to learn more about what happens in the Middle East in the cyberpunk world. From. R- From what research has shown, not much was different between pre-war cyberpunk world and how it is in the real world today. So we decided to skip over the details explaining that Iraq and Iran were the two biggest nations and that a lot of people lived there. They did have some semi-unique governments, but really it was just a prime minister with a state and senate house. So let's get into the nitty gritty and talk about the big war. All right. The big war is the East meltdown or the suicide war. It was a series of nuclear conflicts in the Middle East near the end of the 20th century. It occurred amongst the after effects of the crash of 94 and in the midst of the collapse, the meltdown left vast areas of Iran, Libya, Iraq, Iraq, Chad, and the Arab Aramites as a radioactive field of glass. Only Egypt, Syria, and Israel survived intact, and because of their already ruined state, they were mercifully left alone for most of the war. But new alliances alliances, and power blocks are struggling to take control once again now that the megacorps powers have been curtailed. With the world trade in oil and raw materials disrupted by the corporate conflict, there is a new interest in the mining remains of the meltdown nations. In response, many of the national groups in the Middle East are starting to band together to reform and resist the invaders.
0: So, uh, taking a little bit more of a step back, um, all the way back to 97... Uh, before the time of well, any of the material that we have so far, um, during the Iraq-Iran War of ninety-seven, the United States NSA operated over three hundred agents in the mid-Mid East when the war broke out, and recalled all of them without notifying the MIC. In addition to withholding all satellite photos for two hours, as a result, old Russian missile carriers operated by one of the powers had already moved into position and wiped out U.S. military assets in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. The NSA later claimed that it was important to withhold such information in order to evacuate their agents safely and that the military would have set off the war before any agents got out.
1: Ooh. Wow. Like with the holding satellite photos, that's that's big. Hmm. I like it. I like the intrigue. So this war is actually an interesting part of the cyberpunk series, because the Iran Iraq War was actually co- was an actual conflict that took place from 1980 to 1988 where Iraq invaded Iran after a long-running history of border disputes. So in the cyberpunk timeline, this war is nearly exact same, but instead begins in 97, and is significantly shorter in its duration. The main difference seems to be that while in the real-life war, Iraq made use of large-scale chemical weapons. In the cyberpunk version of events, they actually made use of nuclear-level weapons. And those nu- nukes were reciprocated by Iran.
0: So hence the uh, the name of the war being the Suicide War, because they just nuked each other into actual <laughs> oblivion, um, as is, you know, cyberpunk-esque. Uh,
1: yeah. the Gotta kick <laughs> it up a notch. Yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, The events of the 1997 Iran-Iraq War resulted in large losses for United States military assets in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia, uh, owing to a massive intelligence failure. Iran, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Chad, and the Arab Emirates were reduced to radioactive slag and glass by nuclear bombardment. The resulting conflicts in the region would see oil prices skyrocket as world oil supply was cut in half. Shortly after, the United States co-opted the entire island of Oahu to ensure the security of Hawaii and the rest of the nation. <clears throat> and basically, it's kind of like... Oh, sorry. You were going to say something.
1: No, I just had a question of, like, why Hawaii is so pivotal now.
0: I th- I'm trying to think of, like, situation, Maybe in this timeline, because I would have to, like... Um, Look, and uh, a lot of this does kind of bleed together because the U.S. was so, like, closely involved in this situation and just managed to get it. I imagine, because I don't don't think that oil is a big thing in Hawaii now, but maybe it's like they found some or something and they, like, took it um, to, like, possess the largest amount of oil supplies. maybe in the Cyberpunk universe um but uh yeah so obviously things this is this is I mean this is a period of the 90s so we know like the 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 collapse uh, and the crash so obviously everything is kind of going downhill um, and things are uh, obviously escalate to this point here um with the Middle East Um but I don't know I just thought it was like interesting here because I was like doing research and like looking into it and I did get a little confused because like a lot of the stuff like there's so many like wars that have involved Iran, Iraq like especially with the United States um, for a moment I do remember that I was like did Cyberpunk like predict like the war with U.S. <laughs> and then I like looked it up and it was actually like, yeah, it was an actual conflict from like 1980 to 1988 between Iran and Iraq. But it's also like interesting because like, uh, it at the same time, because I believe 2020 came out in 91. Uh, sounds- from what I saw. And like, it was because of the Persian Gulf war. Was going on right at that time, um, so, and I was wondering like where that like lined up and things. But it's very interesting that like the time of the release of the material, talking about a lot of this stuff, and then, um, like just the lineup of it because that, and then obviously things leading into afterwards with um nine eleven right so
1: it it definitely is interesting when uh you know like predictive materials come out like that, and you know obviously, I don't think that cyberpunk was trying to predict the next major war that was happening, but you know that's that's one of them. this is that uh you know war doesn't change, and the reasons that we fight don't change. And it's just the people, the times and the locations that do. But people are always out there trying to grab for more power, more money, more, you know, political and world influence. And so, you know, cyberpunk just ended up picking the right country and that's how it worked. (laughs) But yeah, so the outcome of all of this was that much of the Middle East had been completely reduced to that glass-like field. And I am really excited. I'm not excited to talk about the glass-like fields, but later on um, in the show, I'll talk about uh, how that actually correlates into the real world uh, because we do have radioactive glass. Oh, so mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Um, but due to the use of the thermonuclear weapons, radioactive fallout from the war spread worldwide and that sucks
0: yeah because let's imagine because we don't uh, like we don't have like the super refined details I mean they don't have to go into like a ton of detail about like how specific like specifically uh, the these two nations like destroyed each other because it was like they they nuked each other and you know now it's like the whole area is like destroyed. Um but it's like you have to assume because then again like still in real life like the the only like use of those kinds of weapons were still like with the US back in World War II. Um so like this would have been specifically like we don't know how many like nukes were used, but you have to imagine if it's this much and how like, uh, depending on like, I guess, how bigger of an area of effect they would have, but it's also they used it on the whole thing. That a much, like that much radiation to be like brought forth from it? Like how and who even knows with because specifically um, I believe radioactive fallout can travel in water and like uh like fallout with like storm clouds decide. and stuff. Um like they're all like a lot of these nations are right there on like the the edge of like you know the Persian Gulf. Um and then like there's like three major bodies of water right there. It's like how much effect did it like did it? you know, taint the water and then spread to like other places and like poison the land or what? Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous.
1: Well, there's that. And then radioactive water, you know, fish can't live there. Um, you can't use that water to, uh, you know, sustain crops anymore. Uh, Yeah and obviously they used more than one nuke at a time you know they yeah in order to completely destroy two countries that is a lot
0: well more than two countries it was that basically the entire like middle east like is it a peninsula not really a, i don't know the entirety of the middle east like saudi arabia uh you know kuwait iran afghanistan like the only things that were what egypt uh and like three things, three locations. Egypt, Syria, and Israel. Only locations that manage not to be destroyed and the entirety of that that area.
1: And Egypt has a big body of water in between it and where the rest of these ones are. So that makes a little that makes sense to me.
0: And Egypt has the Nile too, that they really rely on to that fallout, make it all the way there. Because, like, they, sure, they didn't get nuked, but, like, they were already struggling, um, and, like, to have to deal with the aftermath, so, you know, what to happen after that. But,
1: yep. Yeah, let's not start nuclear wars, please. No, please, no. But what we can do is go to a mid-break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Woohoo! Middle of the show where we talk about everything about the show and nothing about the lore. Uh, did you see that we have two new patrons this week?
0: Uh, I did now.
1: We do have two new patrons to shout out this week (laughs) Seraphale and the Ugly One. We thank you for your support and the love, Chooms. You're Uh, awesome.
0: (laughs) Such good names. (laughs) Like, we have like Seraphale, which is, I would like, it sounds like like an angelic name.
1: That's exactly Uh, what I was thinking.
0: And then the Ugly One. which is great. It's a wonderful name.
1: <laughs> which also in like actual Christian angelic lore, angels are not pretty. Archangels are very scary looking. They have like a hundred eyes and are bestial in their in their natural form. So maybe the ugly one is also angelic.
0: I mean, they're all angelic in our hearts, Jen, and that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. I did that. She's seriously considering cutting that out of the episode. But she won't! Because that would just be rude. I killed
1: her. <laughs> I actually <don't>... killed her. <laughs> I, <laughs> I broke like, her. <laughs> you've broken me over a lot of things in this show, but I don't think I've ever had the audible eye roll. Like, normally it that's is... your job. <laughs>
0: it, yeah, it is. I so was surprised. <laughs> It's because I was being nice. That's what that's what really threw it off.
1: Yep. So there you go. You patrons get a special nice toasty. Um, and that brings us up to a total of 15 patrons. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. But the answer to that is no. We don't have any of them. Uh, so you can go Any of what, Jen? Any new reviews.
0: There you go. You got it.
1: Yay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Right now you can go to iTunes and leave us a review on there along with five stars and we will read it out in the middle of the show. You can also drop a five star rating on Spotify or on a lot of different podcasting apps. So if it's got a review system, go ahead and give it to us. You can also support the show by going to MetallicDiceGames.com and use the code C-P-L-C, Cyberpunk Lore Cast and get 10% off of your entire order. I don't know, maybe I'll leave that part in for the patrons. Oh, and if God. you want to know what part <clears throat> I left in or maybe took out, you can join us on our Patreon at Patreon.com slash CyberPunkLoreCast. All right, now that I have broken Toasty, let's get back into the show. Anyways,
0: so doing, you know, the actual stuff we're supposed to do. uh, uh, The legacy of the Middle East at this point. uh, So by the 2020s, the impacted areas had become safe enough for scavengers as well as other individuals willing to traverse them to scavenge and collect hardware and valuables from the ruined fields. So by the 2020s, by the 2020s, this conflict ended in 97. So 23 plus years for it to become safe enough for people.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That it took a long time for the areas of Nevada to be re rein, inhabited and then uh, Hiroshima took a long time to reestablish itself.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just a long time to just like have this area, like because it's not like those were cities. And granted, like the impact, they're still you know they're significant like cities, but they were cities. This is like the, imagine like, uh. An entire, like... It's not a continent, but like an entire, like, subcontinent of the world. Mm -hmm. Uninhabitable. For 23 years.
1: And all the people displacement that that would take. And, you know, like... That's actually really depressing. Because evacuating a city and how much pressure that puts on the surrounding areas imagine evacuating an entire country and then you multiply that even further by it being multiple countries evacuating to multiple areas yeah uh
0: so By 2045, with the influence of corporations being fractured and reduced by the legacy of the Fourth Corporate War, interested allies and blocs came together to take control of the regions destroyed in the meltdown, forcing many Middle Eastern nations to reform and attempt to resist the invading groups. By 2077, the fallout created by the suicide war caused annual radioactive sandstorms in the ruins of Syria, Iraq, and iran that dropped irradiated dust onto turkey the mediterranean and europe
1: that is intense radioactive sandstorms
0: like yeah that's wild that's terrifying
1: Okay, so I played Assassin's Creed Origins, and you have to, like, hide inside of a building any time that a sandstorm comes around or else you start taking damage. Um, Okay. And then combine that with, uh, I'm playing Fallout 4 right now, and so, like, any time that I get too close to anything radioactive, I start taking rad damage, and... Or,
0: you know, like, the storms and stuff, I mean, you eat the rad storms. Mm -hmm. Right. Um...
1: but now i'm thinking of like how scary looking the sandstorms are or even the haboobs that we see in 27 in the 2077 game. Uh, mm-hmm. Combine that with radioactive bits in it. That's that's scary. To haboobs. To haboobs. I had to. I was like we have to do that reference. But, yeah, and
0: of course, like, as you see here, like it's it's spreading, I mean, the sandstorms, like those storms have spread out to like far north, Turkey, Mediterranean, other parts of Europe, like that's because yeah, i just I don't know how many i I don't know. How that geography works, but you know this significant distance, like north, that all these things have carried, and like radiation, and like the the impact that it has on on those places, um, because it's annual, annual every year, yeah. Essentially, they get a radioactive sandstorm, so like the amount of like preparation that they have to have in order to be ready for those kinds of things, like you know, like, fallout shelters um and, uh like, having, like, all the supplies and stuff ready and then, like, the after effect because you don't know... You can't thwart the weather. Like, even with this, like... In the age of, like, technology and stuff that they're in, they still can't, like, thwart Mother Nature and what she's gonna do. So, like, you just have to, like hunker down and then find out what suffered whenever you came through because i also imagine like with with, you know where that lands depending on on what it does but i also imagine like if it's radioactive sandstorms like the sand itself carries radiation so you have to imagine that they have to like hunker down until the sand is gone or like the corporations get like Full like hazmat crews out to like, I don't know, sweep up the streets or something. Like, who knows that? That's okay, it's all so... speculation, but that sounds like so much work and effort from like a conflict that happened at this point in 2077. Uh, what 80 years ago, wow, it's still suffering the effects, and from 80 years on.
1: So, and then I can correlate this a little bit to the real world in that not low levels of radiation are completely normal and acceptable. And so if these radioactive sandstorms are not highly radioactive, then they're just annoyances. Every time you get into a plane, your body is exposed to radiation. Every time that you get an x-ray taken, your body is exposed to MRA, uh, radiation. The only time that it becomes a real issue is one if it's ingested like actual radioactivity material is ingested or if you're continuously exposed to higher levels now back in the early i want to say it was the early 50s when the use of uranium was in everything That's when we saw this whole big, you know, like radio boost. Um, Everything had a little bit of uh, uranium in it. There was an amazing book written called uh, The Radium Girls. And it was also a movie. And it told the story of during the war, these women were painting watch faces. So for. Uh, A watch that could glow in the dark, so that way the soldiers would be able to read what time it is, because then you could still see it at night. And so they had to hand paint using radium, radiated paint, in order to make things glow. So you would lick the tip of your brush to swirl it, bring it to a very, very fine point, dip it in the paint, then... Draw your tiny, tiny little number. And then, again, lip, dip, draw. That is what they did all day, every day, for like a solid year. And your face is going like, oh my god, what the fuck? And yeah. What do you think that would do to you? One, you're, eat- you're eating paint. Um, two, it's radiated paint and three it, yeah you fucking die horribly so like. you do uh these women started getting cancer they started forming bone deformations one woman like it it gets really really sad and really really horrible but it it actually started to bring um some labor laws uh, got created out of this, and, uh, and ways for these women actually sued and won lawsuits against the company that was forcing them to do this, because for the women that didn't want to lick the paintbrush, they couldn't produce as much because they weren't as fast, because doing it by hand, um, trying to get the tip of the brush to get that way, uh, wasn't as efficient their work wasn't as clean and they couldn't produce as much. And so um, a lot of labor safety laws came out of this. So it was very unfortunate what they had to go through in order to get there. But I highly suggest Radium Girls as a book or the movie. You can learn a lot more about it. Um, Please. But there are other ways, uh, especially during that time frame have you ever seen colored glassware? Like an old bowl that's maybe a little bit lime yellow or it looks d- dark green or a purplish tint to it.
0: Uh, I've seen those like Coca-Cola glasses.
1: Oh, yeah. the The very old ones. That's mm-hmm. probably got a little bit of uranium in them. But it's okay because it's such low levels. They've actually done a lot of testing on a lot of the old glass. Um, sometimes they're called Vaseline glass. Uh, some it's based on the color that the uranium is is what it's classified as. So there's like Vaseline and jadeite and uh, radio glass. It's it's actually a really cool subject and topic, um, but. It can range from 2% irradiation up to 20%. Once that they find that are at like the 20%, they will keep in museums and like not for public consumption, but anything below that you can actually have in your house and it's not going to do anything to you because you're not ingesting it. Now, if you were to sit there and break the glass apart and then eat the glass, you're going to have a lot of different problems going on, including. I
0: think think most of the problems are not going to be radiation associated if you start eating glass. Just a hunch. But, you know, you might have some, like, I don't know, bleeding stomach problems or, like, I don't know, your entire digestive process.
1: (laughs) don't, Don't
0: eat glass. Oh, oh, that was
1: good and bad.
0: I, I hated that one. (laughs) It was good, but I didn't like it. Jeez. Okay. All right.
1: So, yeah. While I have said several times that I would love to go see the radiation glass that is in the Middle East of the world of cyberpunk, I kind of already know what it would look like. Uh, And so it would be cool and it would be interesting just because I have found the uranium glass to be a very interesting topic um, throughout the years. but. I don't need to go to an irradiated war zone in order to see something that I could actually go see right now in my real world.
0: Well, Fair enough. Although, it wouldn't be on quite grand a scale. True. Sure, you can look at an old Coca-Cola glass, but, it, you know, you wouldn't... You, you would only have that one... Well, actually, we have no opportunity. Hopefully. Um, hopefully, nothing ever... It's yeah, that bad. I don't
1: want any of this uh, to actually ever happen. Yeah, so. uh,
0: but like that would be an entire, like I said, like entire subcontinent of just, just like glass. And I wonder if it's like solid, like if it's like a solid landscape of just glass.
1: See, you're making it sound pretty and enticing again.
0: But I- it probably would be really pretty and, and cool looking. You'd die, but, like, it still sounds pretty cool. I wonder if it still looks like that, like, post-everything. Because I know they're starting to, like, inhabit it again, but, like, I mean, if it's the entire, like, location, I mean, they probably left some places, right? Some glass dunes?
1: I would think so, because... We're talking about like the glass forms in the desert areas. That those were not the inhabited portions of those were not the inhabited cities. So I mm-hmm.
0: no. wonder if there's like small, like small locations and stuff that are just like wonder if they're like encased. Like granted they'd be still like jacked up because they would have had like probably the impact,
1: but like just encased in Like glass. If you are an artist and can picture this in your mind and have a way to draw, paint, sketch, 3D blender art, I don't care what it irradiated city, or not, not the city, but what this would look like, I would love to see it. Same. Do we have anything else that we want to talk about in the Middle East? Oh, my dad lives in Dubai, so I really don't want this to happen because my dad would be dead.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably a good call. I just generally just don't want this to happen, like, I don't know, ever. I feel like it'd be bad. I feel like that means the state of our world is completely fucked at that point. And there's just no going back on it. Because I mean this is this is post crash and mid collapse. So the state of the world was already like fucked. So it was just it was just getting worse. But like for us, I don't think we're that
1: bad yet, hopefully. I don't think so. But I guess we'll see. All right. So let's wrap up the show for tonight. And even though it's been pretty short, uh, we have some other big, big countries to discuss coming up soon. And we wanted to definitely talk about this radiation glass, uh, since we've teased it. So for so many weeks now, um, but before we sign off, I would like to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at Cyberpunk Lore, or visit us at Patreon.com/slash/CyberpunkLoreCast, and you can also find me on the Two Girls One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. Uh, you can also find me in the Robots Radio Discord, chatting it up, loving the conversations in there. Uh, we had an interesting conversation about is that really Rage Bosch, ba- Bart Moss in that fridge? That was and
0: interesting. Jay Gray throwing a wrench into everything, right? What a guy! And it's like you can't just you can't just disregard what he says because he he's got insider information. So he's just he's just over here teasing shit, and it's like, well, now I like. Now, I don't even know.
1: Right? I don't know.
0: I don't know what to think. No.
1: I trusted Johnny pretty much to be like, okay, yeah, that is who we think he is. Like, but apparently,
0: we were wrong to trust Johnny.
1: Hmm. That seems very valid.
0: Why well, said it like that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: If the listeners love your voice, where else can they find you?
0: Um, Nowhere. I am an enigma that does not exist.
1: I have been but protesting also... with a ghost, and i that makes a lot of sense also. Okay.
0: Yeah, they call me ghosty.
1: Oh, man, really? <laughs> yeah. They call me Ghosty. All right, that's stating. And,
0: <laughs> and if you want to see more Ghosty, uh, Toasty the Ghosty, um, you can check out the Witcher lore cast that I do with uh, Tom or Robots uh, if you're into the Witcher. Or, since you know, you probably like Cyberpunk, um, I also do the uh, Cyberpunked. Uh, podcast is cyberpunk red a uh, live play podcast with the fumbling Four and almighty crit gang
1: and that is cyberpunk apostrophe d can't forget the d it'll help you search all right and while you are uh, we would also like to thank miracle of sound uh, the neon red is just such a good song we use it every week as our intro mid break and outro it's awesome And while you're out there, always remember.
0: Stay safe in Night City and the Middle East. (laughs) If you can, if you can. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora. And all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google,
1: or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.